An idea has just been born. No one has seen it yet. It's tiny, but with the potential to change everything. Every new idea is precious in this way, sometimes fragile or half-baked. Its worth might not be immediately obvious. To survive, we must protect their little sparks. There it goes. Good luck, little guy. So many ideas like this are never realized. They could have been so much more than a line in an email or a mumble on a video call. When ideas are explored on Miro, the visual collaboration whiteboard, they're seen by the whole team in real time. Thoughts come to life and grow through team collaboration. Miro is a space where all ideas are taken seriously, and seriously good ideas come together in unexpected ways. Join over 30 million people collaborating at Miro.com. M-I-R-O.com. Hello, my name is Karina. And in this podcast, Break Fear, Find Freedom, I have conversations with people just like you who have broken their fear and found their freedom, whatever that may be. And you, and shows you how to do the same. So sit back, relax, grab your coffee or your running shoes, whatever makes you happy, and let the fun begin. Oh, by the way, come take my hand and let's go. The door's opening now. Hello, everybody. What about extortion? What does, what does that word mean to you? What does it make you feel like when you, when you hear that word? And what, have you ever felt like you extorted yourself on some level? Or were you ever extorted on any, at any time in your life? I know it's like such a weird word and it has so many connotations. For me, I think about all sorts of um, mafia kind of things or scary things or people getting abducted and people like bribery and corruption. So that is the topic of our beautiful (laughs) segment today. And of course, this is Karina, the Break Fear podcast. And of course, with my awesome, awesome, awesome guest, Dino Miliotis. Hello, Um, Karina. Let the games begin. Hello, Dino. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about you? (laughs) So the subject, extortion. Perfect. (laughs) So what does it mean to you, Dino? Wow. You know what? Uh, I think this is a cool subject. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you're right. People think right away. um, Extortion, right? It's a bad thing. It's illegal. Um, It happens to you. uh, The mafia connotation, you know, mob ties and crime and all that stuff. And yeah, that is, of course, extortion. But... um, you know, this is this is such a cool subject because extortion means a lot of other things, too, that we don't really realize. I mean, mm-hmm. we may call it something else, but but it, it truly is or feels like extortion. And um, I, I just want to tell you, like the first podcast that we did, mm-hmm. Break Fear, right? Yes. Shows you how, what a slow learner I am. I'm just like, OK, Break Fear. That probably means like I was in rehab. I wrote a book. And look, look at me. I'm not afraid anymore. That's it. That's the show. But then somehow we managed to talk about things that um, stem from fear, 
And I don't know how many episodes this is, 14, 13. I stopped counting. Yes. But, uh, but you know, all enjoyable, but all uh, truly different subject matters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your subject, your, your title, Break Fear, Find Freedom, is really powerful. And it's it encompasses a lot more than what I think people uh, realize. Right? Yes. So, um, you know, I'm I'm back. I'm back. So I'm very, very excited about that. And new digs, new surrounding. But um, I still do these deep dives. And it's really funny because you're bringing up a subject that somehow kind of reminds me of um, when I was at the very awkward age of 13 years old. Okay. Well, my brother, okay. Yeah, yeah. My, no, believe it or not, I was 13 once. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so my brother and I have a three-year difference, and mm-hmm. it was n- never noticeable as much as when I was 13, right? Mm-hmm. Because he just turned 16, he got his driver's license, yes. he's ready to drive. And I remember this clearly where um, my dad and I would always be the ones that would go and buy a car, a vehicle. And my dad was going to give his vehicle to my brother to start driving and he was going to buy a new one mm-hmm. so it was a pontiac sunbird it wasn't you know nothing glamorous or anything like that but you know yeah pontiac was still around back then <laughs> you know? so i remember going into this dealership with my with my dad and the salesman you know was showing us the car oh it's uh it's in midnight black it's got radial tune suspension it's got AM, FM radio. It's got the oh. undercoating. You know, oh. you know, and it reminded me of the movie Fargo where the guy's like pushing that true coat. Now you got to have that true coat on the car, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these features and benefits, which honestly are meaningless. And uh, my dad's like um, 4,000 uh, out the door with taxes and everything. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, you know. <laughs> and I at 13, got caught up in the moment. You know what I mean? I was sucked in by the sales tractor beam because, you know, I mean, you understand sales before that, but really 13, that, that, that thing that happened was like the most memorable thing that stuck in my head. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable and anxious that if if I was an adult and I had a checkbook, I would write the damn check right there. But no, (laughs) You know, my, my dad, no, no, no. Well, you know, the car may not be here on Monday, you, the guy told my dad. Yes. And he says, well, if it's not here. And I'm like, dad, what are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're going to lose the car. <laughs> so we walk out of the dealership and we start walking down the block to, mm-hmm. to get to the car. And I remember like thinking, I was like disappointed at my dad. I'm like, oh, dad, you blew it. You know, I couldn't believe it. Yes. And yes. not 30 seconds after, I was thinking this, you see the, the car dealer run out the showroom door and yelled at my dad, okay, okay, 4,000. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And um, that was something that just kind of stuck in my mind. And primarily what stuck in my mind was this getting sucked into the moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A hypersensitive moment where I felt uh, in my own world, like I had to act on something, even sometimes, I guess, against better judgment. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And do it and do it. But not my dad. 
You know, he just simply walked away. And by the way, by walking away, he diffused the pressure yes. and the situation. Obviously, he was much older than me. And, you know, our logic is, you know, they made more than one car. And I'm pretty sure there's in Chicago, a hundred different dealerships at the time where you could go and buy a similar car. Yes, so yes. it was nothing. But for me, it was just it was everything. OK, mm -hmm. I remembered that since then. And I adopted that, believe it or not, in my professional life. Mm -hmm. Okay, Some people call it diffusing the situation. Some people uh, call it um, eliminating being feeling like you're exploited. Uh, some people call it the reverse. Some people call it the takeaway, whatever it is. But I started using that in my professional life. Yeah. In my personal life, I will be the first to tell you, full disclosure, uh, later on in life, I never haggled on a car. And I was fully sold by myself before I even walked in the showroom <laughs> door. So I was the easiest customer for a salesman because I never negotiated on price. And the cars I was looking at, you know, oh, you don't negotiate on a Rolls Royce. You probably can, but I didn't care. I wanted the car. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. But so, so extortion to me means maybe something different than the illegal aspect. Um, and, and, and if you think about it, there's all sorts of feelings like that. Um, I feel like I'm extorted if I went into a situation where my, uh, uh, friends, let's say we're drinking, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, come on, have a drink. And I'm just like, you know, I, I want to be liked. I want to be part of the group. Okay, just yeah. one. I yeah. would never do that. But I'm just saying that uh, in the past, there have been times where, you know, we all do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, let's face it. And it's basically the fear of not being liked or not being accepted. That's kind of an extorting feeling. You know, it doesn't have to be an illegal feeling, right? But um, there's also other things that are self-imposed types of extortion, I yeah. think. Um, and, and, and it's really easy, right? Okay, so we're not talking about breaking the law per se, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not a technically illegal act of extortion. But what we're talking about is bending the rules, cutting the edges, maybe a white lie, uh, maybe over exaggerating or overstating something, anything um, that uh, puts you in a situation where you're more afraid of being exposed than not. Okay. okay. I'm liking that. So, how does that? Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, I know, by the way, I love this. Just drop a subject and then we go at it. I love this. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, so how um for me, when I think about that subject and I'm and I and uh and I relate, I don't relate, but I can see the picture of this 13-year-old. I mean, you're 13, you're very impressionable, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how you've taken that um that one little this that one little event in your life and you created you create multi-million dollar businesses right mm -hmm. which is 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 it you know we know that happens so how did you change how would you change did you ever do that to yourself so did you ever extort yourself now i don't know if that's extortion in the because the we'll leave that at it but did you ever turn that around and extort yourself at a point where you said um if you don't do this 
then um, you are going to not get that. No, that kind of thing. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. Um, in that kind of um, event, or did you ever put your son and say to your son, you know what, if you don't do this, I won't give you that. Or if you do this, then you are going to be like, then then it's going to be the end of the world or, you know, something well, like I, that. I, I've done, I mean, who hasn't done that? Everybody yes, does. Yes. It's like, you know, the, the carrot and the stick thing. Yes, what I'm talking yes. about is um, maybe, maybe I'll say this saying first, okay? You can't extort an honest man. I don't know who told me that in the past, but think about it. You know, what do you have over somebody who is morally uh, honest, uh, ethically uh, bound, um, has standards, uh, you know what I mean? Doesn't break the law. I mean, we're not talking about a Boy Scout or somebody with a halo over their head, but I mean, you know, you know what yes, I'm saying. Yes. Well, someone that's got straight, bright lines and straight boundaries. And yeah. And if you walk with that character and you walk with that righteousness, let's say, uh, there's really nothing that somebody has per se over you. Now, we're, we're assuming that everybody's good. I think that inherently there's a lot of good in even people we consider bad. It's just, how do you get it out? Yes. But there's a bad element. There's an evil element to a lot of things. And we have to be you know, aware of that. That's just life. But how can they harm you if there's nothing they can hold over you? Yes. Is I guess what I'm saying, yes. right? Yes. So just like my father, I mean, it's maybe a bad example, but just like my father, He's in this hypersensitive chamber of buy, 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 buy. And he's probably thinking to himself, I don't know if it's financial. I don't know if it's like, well, did I look enough? Is this the right one? Should I wait? Keep looking. For whatever the reasons, he knows what he's about to get into would be wrong um, un unless it was the price that in his head made him comfortable making that purchase. And instead of sitting there and worrying about this extra pressure and making a decision now, he diffused it by just walking away. And I think that's amazing. The thing that I'm trying to say is, is that there's all kinds of extortions in life, right? Um, a salesman who over-exaggerates his sales numbers to get a bonus. Somebody sees that. Now they got it over your head. Well, you know what? You gotta do me a favor. You gotta help me out or you know what? I can get you fired. Why? Because the guy did something wrong. But if right. he didn't do anything wrong, what do you have over them, right. Right? right? We put ourselves in situations where we extort ourselves, if you mm -hmm. really think about it. Mm. If your moral compass is straight and you don't break the rules, you, you, know, you, you could find loopholes, you can bend, but never break, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. walking the walk and you're being righteous and you're trying to do more good than harm. Uh, what, what would somebody possibly have over you that would consume people and make them miserable? Like last week, we talked about um, the uh, my cousin in a business where, um, you know, he was consumed by his employees issues. This is another type of consumption. You're consumed with being exposed. You worry about things constantly. You know how much work that takes? Yes. You know how much energy that exhausts? Exactly. That energy that you could be doing other things with. And so I find that there's fear in that <clears throat> when when um, the fear of being exposed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It could be 
it could be this. It could be, you know, I'm one persona, you know, on, on, on this podcast. And then when I leave, you don't want to see the other side. But somebody takes a picture of me and I'm drinking a bottle of wine or something. They got something over me. This could ruin my career. This would ruin my image. Right, so right. image, too. Uh, you can be extorted by your own image. You create this persona that you want everybody to believe. Uh, and like and accept, yeah. but you're you're off camera. When the lights turn off, you're nothing like that person. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I call it extortion uh, because it feels like extortion to me. You see, it's probably not the right word. But. Oh, okay, yes, it's a big word, but um, and it's it, it has all the implications, like we said. So what does it feel like? What does extortion feel like to you? It. It, it sucks. It's, um, you know, look, today, I, I will tell you that the worst thing that could possibly happen is that you're exposed and it's embarrassing. And you know what? And the world still turns and you That's get over right. it. Right. But at the time, at the moment, just like my dad was in this like sales vacuum where you have to buy now, buy today, buy today, or you may lose it. It feels like your whole world is going to end. It feels like it's collapsing. Oh my God, they're going to find out. And then, you know, your world has come to an official end. Mm -hmm. And I've done this throughout my career many times. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and I think a lot of people, if they reflect, uh, may have been put in, in similar situations, um, self-imposed situations. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where you have to find a way to diff diffuse it. Um, so in the case you were talking about, I either fess up and say the truth or I walk away or I write my wrong. And then I mean, there's got to be a way to 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 let go of that pressure because mm -hmm. it will consume you. I mean, I remember many, many sleepless nights where I was just so worried. I was just so worried about, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you another example. It probably doesn't fit, but. What the hell? We'll do it anyway. Okay. So <clears throat> before, in, in the very beginning of my uh, payroll career, uh, I started out as a broker. Um, and just not to overcomplicate things, uh, what I would do is I would form relationships with small to mid-sized companies mm -hmm. who had, let's say, 50 to 1,000 employees. And I would talk them into having their payroll, their employee payroll outsourced to one of these payroll companies like paychecks or ADP when it was around, you know, more common today than not. And I would forge relationships with these payroll companies so that if I brought them these clients for servicing, they would pay me a commission. Mm, and I, I struck such great relationships with these companies that they would pay me a lot of commission, okay? Enough for me to enrich myself, but also to include other grassroots brokers who would rather give their business to me to place than do it themselves because right. I made more money, right. okay? So it was a very cool dynamic, right? And I was like the number one broker in the, in the country and I was having a lot of fun. Well, one of these um, payroll companies that was located in Ohio, um, they switched management. They got bought over. 
And so the guy that I was used to dealing with, who was paying me these, this great commission, was no longer there. Okay. And um, this new person came into charge and she called me and she says, hi, is this Dino Miliotis? I said, yeah, speaking, how can I help you? Well, I just wanted to know, to let you know that the person that you were dealing with is no longer here. I represent this corporation which just bought out this payroll company. And I'm looking at your numbers here. And I honestly think that we're overpaying you on commission. I'm like, but that's the deal. And they're like, well, things are gonna change and they're gonna change rapidly. I'm like, what are you talking about? We don't think we need you anymore because we're servicing the clients. And you know, thank you very much. I see you've made a lot of money uh, over the years, uh, but um, it's time for us to just take them over and why don't you walk away? Whoa, okay. Yeah, okay. Now, uh, uh, let, me, let me just throw in, if I didn't have such a great relationship with my clients and if I didn't um, um, price things fairly with them and if I wasn't straight with them on the relationship and yeah, I was making commission. I was never embarrassed to say that to my clients. Things may have been different, mm -hmm. but I was all those things and that's why they loved me. So she actually, this was in Ohio, this group of clients that I had was in Chicago where I lived at the time. She took a flight to Chicago for a week and she wanted to go to every single client that, that was being serviced, my clients, and basically approach them and say, hey, this is what you're paying with Dino and because this is Dino's commission and this is what you're gonna be paying without Dino. And obviously it's a, it's a huge savings. Yes, now, yes, anybody yes. that wouldn't have this kind of a relationship with a client, they'd be like, yeah, I'm, you know, less money. Perfect. There were 100 clients. Not one of them was swayed. Not one wanted to leave me. They all said, you know what? Move me to another payroll company. This, this girl's crazy. Right, and right. She called me up and she says, OK, what do you want? <laughs> And I said, what I wanted is just peace and just to continue getting paid the commission that I'm accustomed to that I've earned. Yes. But at this point, because of what you did, I'm moving everybody and I'm moving them all at the same time, which is unheard of. It's just insane. But it was one of many times I did that. And I was able to do that because I was very straight with my clients. I never pussyfoot around with my clients. I never um, uh, redirected a question. I never ignored what they were asking. Uh, and a lot of times I'd be the first one to tell them, you know what, you're, you should actually be thanking me because you're paying a lot less than you should be. So, you know, don't, don't get all huffy on prices and stuff like that. <laughs> but they all knew I was making money, but I was also saving them money. And it was a win-win relationship. Yes, and it was yes. one that was built on trust and uh, uh, being direct and forthright. So I could have easily been extorted. How? Well, if I wasn't honest and ethical and moral, right, all these guys would be exposed to the truth that I'm making X amount of commission, which could be alarming and catastrophic. I could have lost 100 clients. Yes, which yes. probably represented a million dollars in commission for me, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't lose them. I didn't lose them because that never happened. So that's what I mean. You cannot corrupt an honest man. Yes, right. Yes. Imagine though, if you could, I, 
I, w- I don't know what I'd do. I w- wouldn't be sleeping at night. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to get all these hate calls and I'm going to be getting blasted left and right. And I'm going to be losing clients and it's going to be all over the Internet. And, you know, so do you see how those things could have rippling and devastating effects to somebody's psyche? Because yes, of course. It, yes. And it all starts with your mind. I mean, you know, uh, there's so many more things that I want to concentrate on than what I said to who, when I said it, how I said of it, course. and am I going to get caught? Yes. So that's what I mean about extortion. Okay, so let's just unpack what I'm seeing here. First of all, um, there's so many lessons in the story. The, probably the first one is how you need to develop those relationships. Mm-hmm. And only by relationships do people um, trust you and like you, and they go... You, it's obvious that you are going to get commission because that's how you have to eat and you have to also live, right? So that's an that's, obvious that, thing. And that's why, not to interrupt you, but but how many times have you heard in some kind of showroom setting, uh, the person that's helping you says, don't worry, I don't work on commission. You know how, you know, I mean, come on. Really? Then what are you doing here? Why are you following me around everywhere I go? Because you just <laughs> exactly. like doing it? You're making commission. Just say it. You know what yes. I mean? Sorry yes. to interrupt. Yes. No, but that's 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 so. Oh, that's what the next thing I was going to say. It's about the openness. So you need to to be open and say, okay, this is the relationship we're building. We like each other, right? We like each other. We work really well together. Um, and you know, you listen and you give your client what the client needs. So the client, and also you open and say, okay, you know what? I am earning commission on this. It's obvious. So I'm earning X commission, and you know that. But because you're giving them what you do and, you, and you're honest and you're open and you, these are just my thoughts, right? And you're honest mm-hmm. and you're open and you, you're saying, look, you know, this is the way it is. And you're holding that client, right? You're holding them and you're giving them everything you want. You're serving them. Yeah. Um, it turns out right. And that's why you can't have someone just coming in and, and whirlwind like this woman did and try and, and break that bond. But it's, she had every right to. Yes, it was her of company, course. Of course, but she never underestimate the power of a good broker. <laughs> you know what I mean. And here's the thing: uh, what I found uh, later on, when I got comfortable and my business was stable and it wouldn't go like this. You know, in the beginning, everything's just yeah. good months, bad months. Yeah, yeah. But um, price is important. Okay, yes. but more important than price is service. Uh, exactly. You, you know taking their call, not avoiding their call, taking a call when they're upset or irate, either with me or the payroll company that I put them with. Yes. You know what I mean? And those are things that a lot of people don't want to face. I would be in their face every week, either by phone or in person. And this is before I went national and grew that bit. I mean, I had 100,000 clients. This was just 100. (laughs) Okay. But I, I managed to do it because I knew that these people needed constant reaffirmation, that there's problems that happen on a daily basis, there's situations. And let's not discount the personal thing. Do you know how many owners would call me just to shoot the breeze and tell me about a bad day or something yes. that went wrong at home? You know, it, typically I should be like, you know, this isn't my problem. But it is my problem. You know, I want them happy. I mean, we'd share ideas. Um, I'd, I'd bring up something that I think would have made their company better. 
I mean, I was always above and beyond what I'm typically supposed to do. And it paid off because um, in my 20 year reign on the payroll industry, um, the average time a client was with me was 12 to 14 years. Wow. That is a lot, right? Which is is unheard of. So let me just put it in perspective. In the payroll business, you make commission every week when when employees payroll runs. So if I have somebody on for 12 to 14 years, it's the most maintenance-free relationship you've ever had. All you Mm got to do is socialize. That's the way I looked at it. And if you socialize and you create a great bond and everything, it's literally almost unbreakable. I mean, don't take it for granted, but it really is kind of like pretty stable. And so for that whole reign, you know, I'm making residual commission week after week after week. All I have to do is add on to make more or just keep it the same to make the same. I mean, it's pretty simple. Nobody's going to break that bond. I I don't care if you're, when I was on it, I was on it. I mean, you know, you could go there and take a crowbar and try and pry the relationship I had with my clients. It wouldn't work because I was a friend. I was a, uh, a broker to them. Uh, I was an advisor. I was a counselor. I was all the things all wrapped in one. You just can't find that stuff anymore. So mm-hmm. I had these mm-hmm. buttons that said, you've been overserved. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I would give each client, each new client a button because I'm like, you know what? You want to talk about service? You're going to be overserved. And I gave them a button. <laughs> you've been overserved. How's that? Very arrogant. Um, no, but I think that's what you need to do. You need yeah. to. Now Now we'll go back to the extortion. So if you um, weren't open and honest with your clients and you behaved like one way, like you were saying, one way with one client and then you back and then you spoke from one client, you spoke about the other client and it just becomes messy or you, or you lied about your commission or whatever it was, right? Um, first of all, if you know the 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 old adage that says um, if you're a liar you need to have a very good memory because <laughs> you yeah. you'd never be able to keep track of all that then of course then you'd have the sleepless nights and then you would have um she could have come in and extorted you or tried to you know i mean i know we're using a big word for something that's not so dramatic but well, and she could have just take but it was but 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 Karina in my world it was dramatic at the time you're talking yes. about somebody that wanted to take my million dollar a year commission away from me for yes. no reason other than spite and um stinginess yes not yes. understanding that the reason I am the best broker in the country was because I bring in business so don't bite the hand that feeds you. Exactly. Now, exactly. Uh, it took bravery to stand up to her. I could have just said, hey, can't we make a deal? How about paying me? But, but no, I, I believe no. so strongly that you're one of many payroll companies I have a relationship. So I have choice. Right. I have enough power and pull to move all of my clients at the same time with a simple phone call and my first name. I don't have to give a last name. Do you know? Oh, he's on the phone. Let me take this call. Who do you think you're messing with here? You know what I mean? I mean, this this was my livelihood. So, yeah, to me, even today, I'm, I'm passionate about it. That was extortion. 
I'm going to take your clients because we're paying you too much. What do I do? Just say, okay, well. No, of course not. But a lot of people would do that. So that's also very exciting when you stand up and you stand your ground and you say, no, this is not. But that's because you were honest and open and you built that relationship with your clients. Right. Right. And then then the, the, the standard. The word travels fast, trust me. So when that little escapade uh, failed and when I moved all my clients to another uh, payroll company, word traveled everywhere. Yes. Like, don't, don't mess with this guy's clients because, you know, <laughs> he, can, he can move them in a second. So, uh, but let's talk about my extortion, if you want to call it. Um, and I think I shared this with Michael um, in, in some notes last week. By the way, thank you guys, all of you, for sharing comments. I love that. I mean, it's just great to see that there are comments coming from everywhere. Yes. And the views that are going up. I love it. So um, I'll talk about the views at the end. But um, uh, it's very exciting oh, stuff. So, so check out my extortion because I did learn some more when I was 13. I would eventually work with these payroll companies where I made it so easy for them to accept business from me. So you understand that they had inside telemarketers, right? People Mm -hmm. that would call different companies and, hey, would you like to save money on payroll? And would you like to save money on workers' comp? Yeah, yeah. Mild success at best, right? All of a sudden, somebody like me comes in and says, what do you have these guys for? You're paying them 30, 40, $50,000 a year. They're taking up space. And calling nobody, if you ask me, I can give you 100 clients tomorrow like that. Mm, You mm, want 10? mm. You want 1,000? And they're like, (laughs) you know, they're all competing for my business, right? Eventually, I made it very easy for them to do business with me. So easy that in most cases, the payroll companies that I started working with, my business represented 80 to 90% of their business. 80 to 90%. Yeah. If I left, if I got upset, if I didn't like the way they're doing business, they're out of business. Mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. having 80 to 90% of your business pulled at the snap of a finger. So that's kind of extortion too, I will say. Okay? It is so right. It, it goes both ways, mm-hmm. right? But you learn that power of leverage and you learn the power to be able to diffuse those situations as well. So what seems scary initially, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my clients, is eventually not scary when you understand that dynamic. And I credit that cheesy sales guy back when I was 13 years old with my dad for teaching me this. It was the first time I saw something amazing because it made me feel different. I never felt like that before. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you, you like I say, you, you walk outside, you take a couple breaths or whatever, or the, a day passes and you get out of the ether and you're like, what the hell am I doing? You know, but at the time, it just seems so real. Mm, mm, right. Mm, mm. So, it, 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 you know, it's, it's little things, little nuggets of information like that that seem meaningless at the time that they're happening. But somebody who's just ultra curious like I am will examine them. I mean, I'm 56. I'm, I just thought about this episode when I was 13. Now that we're talking, okay? But how appropriate. 
and it, it still has an impact on my life. So, yes. you know, it's it's really good to 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 soul search like that because a lot of these lessons that just you don't you don't think twice about them. Then when you go back and you look back, they're just so damn obvious. You're like, of course. You start understanding what makes you tick. Right, right. And I think that's awesome. It's very awesome. And and to think, well, it's, it's, it's many times it's just one um, little thing like that happening, one little experience that just changes your life and changes yeah. the trajectory of your life. So you'll Absolutely. have, um, like for you, it made you this powerful, great salesperson and um, create relationships and all that. But what about the the the, the woman that's sitting at, on on the at the beach with her costume and someone walks past and says, "Oh, you're so fat." That also will just change her life totally, right? So wow. it's right, quite interesting how powerful these and, and she won't remember why she has a problem of being overweight, for example. Right. She doesn't know. And that's why it's so important to to find those those little nuggets and that just changes everything so that's very exciting and I just want to go back to that story and I'm thinking about how your your dad um negotiated with this um with this salesman right and Mm -hmm. I'm thinking he probably was just having the time of his life doing that I I think so I mean you know my dad was always frugal but at the same time um Think of the man, right? And I, I wrote this in my book, but but I describe him like uh, he, he never made, he was a school teacher for over 40 years. He never made crazy money or stuff. They were just, you know, slow, progressive yeah, increases yeah. in income. But for the most part, I mean, he was, you know, at the time making like maybe $30,000 a year. He was very frugal. He saved his money, but anything he wanted, he had. Okay, which I I could I still don't understand how how he did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, 30 grand, you know, but but <laughs> he had a point. I learned a lot from him, even after his death, thinking about how how he was all his life. And mm-hmm. so one of the things is is that when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're comfortable with what you have, um you don't get swayed as much. So, you know, he was very sure of what he wanted. He was sure-footed. Um, he knew that we had to get a car, but he knew in his head, this is all I'm going to pay, either because of the budget or because mentally that number stuck in his head. And he would always do it. Mm-hmm. Now, would he have the time? Did he have the time of his life? I'm sure he did, but he didn't even break a sweat. It was like nothing to him, just walking out that door. And I admired that. Um, and, and you know so much that I adopted that for the mm-hmm. rest of my life. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's very cool. And again, we'll go back. I'm just going to reiterate what you said about being powerful enough. Um, okay, powerful has also a lot of um, connotations, but I'm looking talking about internal power, where you're so powerful within your own skin, you just know and love yourself so much that you know you can accomplish and do anything. Right. Um, and that's such a powerful, beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you hit, um, hit it on the head. I mean, you know, all this stuff, uh, the, the different subject matters that you have, I think it's wonderful. You know, again, I'm a slow learner. It took me 14 episodes <laughs> to figure out the nature of 
the name of your show, right? But it stems so many things. I mean, one 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 day we'll talk about the fear of death because um, I've, I've gone through you know some recent ones. Um, but there's fear in everything we do yes. if you really look at yes. it, and either um, we can either allow it to consume us or we can just figure out how to handle it. But just you know, it's never going to go away. There's always going to be fear. Mm-hmm. It's just what you do with it. So some people that don't seem afraid, maybe maybe they learn how to deal with it. You know what I mean? So, but some some people that aren't that anxious, that won't allow themselves to feel extorted, that won't box themselves in the corner, that don't care so much about what people like. Um, will I be liked uh, to their detriment? You know what yes, I mean? I mean, yes, there comes a yes. point where it's like, look, I don't care if you don't like me i mean i wish you did but if you don't that's your choice but you're not gonna i mean you're not gonna ruin my day <laughs> not everybody's supposed to like me you know what i mean and and, and that's okay so i don't sit there and say excuse me may i ask why you don't like me <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, however, that, that doesn't work for everybody um, because it's it's funny that I was I've been doing some um, I'm working on some projects also doing a lot of internal work as well, and it always comes up about um, growing up. It's always with what will the people say if you do this? What will the people say if you do that? And you can relate, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, and y- you start becoming like oh. You know, what will the people say? And then one day, you know, you wake up and you think, but who are these people? Right. Who are they? Like, why right. am I giving my power away to these people? Um, and you need to become aware of that. And That's one really day when thing. you can say, you know what? I don't care what you people say. This is who I am. I want to wear this. I want to have my hair like this. I want to whatever I want to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever it is. I don't care what you think. It's very freeing. It is freeing. And, you know, also think of this, these people that you're so concerned with, what they think, is any one of them paying your bills? If the answer is no, who cares? No, it's, <laughs> I don't care about you anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all judgment that we're afraid of. You know, yeah. let's face it, we're, we're afraid of being judged. I don't know where that comes from, you know, obviously, but we're afraid of being judged. It's like the most devastating thing to people and um you know i think i think in the long run you know somebody judge well people judge you at during first impressions unfortunately but you know okay everybody does but in the long run i think people judge you over time you know so if you did something you made a mistake or you know whatever i mean that's just one snippet of your life right over time you're not going to be judged for that little thing. You're going to be judged for, you know, the whole scope of your life. And so people just get so weirded out about just one little moment, which is just one blip in your life. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who have gone to jail, okay, that have been disgraced by society and the media. And then years later, you see them on ESPN or some news station. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Uh, how does that happen? Right. So, so things pass. And when you understand that things pass, it just, you, you understand that this self-imposed pressure cooker that you put yourself in for whatever the reason you're putting yourself in that pressure cooker. Nobody exactly. else. 
sick. Nobody else is. So yes. you're making yourself miserable mm-hmm. for no clear reason, right? Other than the what ifs and what will people say and what will people think and, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. If I get caught in a lie, I, I would rather fess up to the lie than just completely ignore it and keep <laughs> denying it. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Just get it over with. It'll pass. Mm-hmm. Everything will go back to normal. I promise. But at the at that moment, it feels like, oh my God, sink or swim. I'm gonna either die or survive another day. And you just carry that stuff with you. It's yes. mental baggage. Yes. And um, you know, I, I've made it a point a long time ago. Um, and, and and it still even affects me sometimes. But I don't want anybody to live in my head rent free, right? If you're gonna <laughs> yes. be in my head. Pay some damn rent. Right, right. Yeah. And that's and that's actually that's a beautiful way to end. We can always chat. This hour always goes by so quickly. <laughs> oh, this was an hour? See? Just, okay, so this is good. This is good. <laughs> um, or maybe not. Maybe we can chat a bit longer. Actually, I think we started a bit later. Anyway, um, uh, what what I'm thinking, uh, what I want to, I just want to um, uh, tell you what I'm thinking. A lot of times we um, we judge others and we're afraid that others judge us because we're judging ourselves all the time anyway. So yeah. if you're walking down the street and you judge yourself and you think, oh, I look so ugly today or, oh, I'm so sad, sad, it's probably easier. If you're so sad, then you'll walk around being sad. You'll be looked dejected and everyone and no one will smile at you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you'll think, oh, that person doesn't like me because they're not smiling at me. Yeah, Whereas if you why. go down the street and you're up and excited and you smile at everybody, everyone will smile at you as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it's contagious. Right? And then it's like, sure. whoa, I'm such an awesome person. Meanwhile, <laughs> it's you that's putting out all the vibes. <laughs> always is, always will be. Uh, but 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 listen, this is what I wanted to do, is I wanted to... Look at all the viewers, everybody watching, um, everybody who's watched the last episode. Thank you very much. Um, what it tells me with the extra participation and the comments, which I love, by the way, uh, you have no idea, but it's just, it means like, like I'm touching somebody. And so that for me personally is important, but the viewership has gone up right. and I, I love that. Uh, it, it, it means that our interactions are authentic, uh, they're sincere, and they are connecting with people who are starting to trust us and the message. And I think that's really cool. Mm. So anybody who's viewing this, um, let's just try this, because because actually I'm very curious too, because this is a new medium for me, but <laughs> share it with one person. Everybody watching. So we have almost 100 uh, uh, views for, for the prior episode. If 100 people just shared it with one other person, that means that we'd get, go to 200 and so on and so on. I, I, I just want to see if we could do it. I mean, little hurdles, that, you know, are, are always going to be part of me. And this yes. is one of these that I wanted to share with you and, and your audience, because I think it's really cool what we're doing. We're touching on things that are sometimes not so obvious things, but then when you think about it or you listen to us, you'd maybe start opening up your mind to a completely different world, right? Yes, yes, I love that. And I think that's cool. 
It's very cool. Um, nice. So, yes, please like, share, subscribe, and share it with everybody. This is really awesome <laughs> stuff. And remember, we've still got Dino walking around. We've got our little Dino walking around. Our... I saw it last week. That it's was cool, awesome. right? Isn't it yeah, cool? Yeah, no, it, so it is. Please tell us where he is. And we've got some super, super exciting surprises for you. So look for him. He's really, really cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. So like, share, subscribe, share with your friends, have a party. Wow. You know what? Get some popcorn and watch it together with your family. It's yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody. And we'll Karina, see you next Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Dino. Bye. Always love this Bye. time. Thank Me you. Too. See Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's adventure. And I look forward to seeing you again. Please comment, like, subscribe, and share with your friends if you thought this was amazing. Remember, if you need any additional resources, just check them out in the description box below. Have an amazing week and we'll see you again next week. Thanks again. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.